0: live, presented by Kaleida
1: Health. All right, tuning it up on a Wednesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. And we are a day closer than we normally are to the next football game, with this being a Saturday night game out in L.A. And not that it matters because they do have a covered roof there, open air but covered roof out at SoFi, but it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be around 60 degrees at kickoff. Uh, at 5 p.m. local time, 8 p.m. Eastern time, for this game. And it's probably one of the reasons why the Bills are practicing indoors today. Weather is unlikely to be a factor in terms of cold, so the Bills are practicing in the fieldhouse just uh, steps away from us here in our One Bills Drive studios here on Wednesday. Yesterday was a walkthrough practice. Today is more of a full-scale practice, although at this point in the season, Steve, Nobody's doing full pads. You're resting bodies as much as you can. It shells at the most. They're allowed to have pads on one day a week,
2: and it's like, eh. You know.
1: And I think it's 16 times a year. So once you right. get past week 16, pads are off the table anyway.
2: Yeah, they don't care. I mean, no. yeah, and they don't need it. This is a, it's a mental exercise more than a physical exercise. These guys, <clears throat> most, we hang around here all the time. They work out every day. Uh, different groups work out every day so they're staying that 's how they stay in shape you don't practice and there's conditioning there's conditioning they're, these guys work out a lot every day then they meet a lot every day the football end of it is a mental exercise at this point the physical stuff is just like going to your local gym and they except they've got really high level yeah. train trainers and stuff uh, uh, and facilities so um yeah it's a different atmosphere these days.
1: how are you making out on christmas
2: shopping you're done you got a big family like yeah we're done we yeah. actually had our christmas this last weekend because all the kids were oh down. so all the heavy lifting's done already all it done we had that tradition that we do you know where we draw names with all the adult all the five kids oh and that's their wives. right yeah
1: because there's too many people
2: right so we draw names between the sons and their wives and my daughter and her husband and my wife and i we all draw names as adults and we we buy a gift for one of our Family One members. of the names you draw, and then we draw another name that you have to make the gift. Oh boy, I'd be in trouble there. Yeah, so there you go. We. Get, uh, I say this though, I am not S- the least bit artistic. Stellar, stellar year of made gifts. Stellar year. Oh, yeah. good. It was very good, very good. So, yeah. yeah, I'm
1: pretty much done. I think I need like a stocking stuffer or two, and that's about it.
2: Well, yeah my my wife and I kind of tend to buy our Christmas gifts early and go big, like. Oh, like for instance, <clears throat> this I told you I'm snowplowing my own drive this year. Oh yeah, yeah that yeah. was my Christmas gift. I got the snowplow for the Gator. That was my gift because so it was a big gift. Oh yeah. So and hers was a similar gift. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, it was a little trip up to Alaska to see the grandbaby oh, yeah, and nice. be there for all well, that done. stuff. So we all we kind of traded. that. We said this is my gift. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll mutually we good? agree. We're good. But I still got to do the stocking stuffing thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I got to yeah. do that for her. and and I've got some pretty good ideas this year for, for what to do, but yeah, I got I still got to do all that. Are you kidding yeah. me? I got no I have no chance of doing anything until the uh,
1: last minute, 11 or last half, minute the guy. 11
2: and a half hour. I can't
1: I I try not to push it that far, but I do go late. I tend, Especially on stocking stuffers because right. I always figure like I can figure that out. I used like,
2: to do it even with the gifts that I was <laughs> responsible for. I would wait till the last minute, and then throw an exorbitant amount of money at whatever it was I was going to get just to make sure I had it. Yeah, so I didn't get, you know, express shipping. Whatever.
1: <laughs> express shipping $40. dollars could has got to be here yeah,
2: tomorrow. You, you know, those years where you could have got it by with a $40 sweater, you ended up spending $600 on a, you know, yeah. whatever. So that was more my thing. So now I'm, I'm a little old I, I do it a little better, but not much better. All right.
1: Uh, full- Full show for you today over these next couple of hours coming up in about 25 minutes we will have the Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas who will undoubtedly have an awful lot to say about the performance of James Cook in last week's game against the Dallas Cowboys and I also intend to ask him what he feels the formula should be going forward in terms of Cook's usage <laughs> In the scope of the offense, really something tells <laughs> me I know what his answer will be. What I want from him is what he thinks the
2: Bills' answer will
1: be, not his own personal. Yeah. We all know what Thurman's personal answer is going to be. Let's yeah, be real, right?
2: Yeah, run the ball. He, yeah, the over-under there would be, yeah, you know, yeah, run the ball. Yeah. there's a prop bet.
1: Right. After practice today, we are expected to have Bill Center, Mitch Morse, here in studio as uh, we pump up some Pro Bowl candidacy for him and many others on Buffalo's roster. I believe the voting is th- ends this week for players, and I think it's like the day after Christmas for fans to vote. So we'll know pretty quickly here in the next week or so who makes the Pro Bowl from the Buffalo Bills roster. And I think there's a healthy number of candidates, to be quite honest. So it'll right. be interesting to see who makes the grade so to speak, so we'll be happy to talk to Mitch about that, along with an offensive line that is flat-out peaking right yeah. now Did at you, the
2: right time. Well, and every, we're all benefiting from the great play of the offensive line. Did you, tell, you didn't mention yet about uh, our boy James Cook. Yeah.
1: AFC Offensive Player of the Week, thanks to his 221-yard total yards from scrimmage performance against the Dallas Cowboys, which included a touchdown rushing and a touchdown receiving. It was a career day for the guy they call Jimbo, and it's an encouraging sign going forward for a number of reasons. Number one, I think he's vaulted himself to the top of the list in terms of most dynamic skill position player on the roster, perhaps next to Josh Allen. He's number two. Uh, And then I think the second thing is the guy is so versatile, he can help you in more than just one way. It's not like, for example, the Chargers can come into this week's game and say, look, we just shut down James Cook's rushing ability and we don't have to worry about him doing anything else. That, that doesn't work because, right. for all you know, Joe Brady could split him out outside the numbers and you got a linebacker on him and a problem, as we saw. Right. Damone Clark had a problem. I mean it's four yards of separation by the time James Cook is catching that football in the end zone on the route he ran. Right. So he is a a multiple threat uh that you can't just pick one thing and say, okay, we've got
2: Cook taken care of. So Yeah, and, and <clears throat> let's face it, I they're not gonna hold digs under the water for very much longer. Uh and certainly when teams decide James Cook is their focal number one point. threat. Diggs is gonna show up. You know yep. he will. He that's that's what he does, is who he is. So um he loves those moments. And and then of course you got the guy Josh who's taking snaps who, you know, this team and I we were talking about we 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 did a podcast today, Bill's by the numbers, and this team reminds me of that Denver Bronco team in 98, 99, 97 and 98. 97, yeah. 98 where John Elway's last two years, he, went, he was 0-3 in Super Bowls, went back to the Super Bowl twice in a row, and won it because Terrell Davis was his running back. And John Elway was still a threat. Big arm, could run, smart, you know, all of that stuff. This crew reminds me of that crew to a great degree. Uh, the offensive line is dominant, um, and the defense is playmaking. And not not stifling. It's not like the two thousand Ravens where you couldn't even get a yard. This defense is you know opportunistic. Let, yeah, it's opportunistic. unless it you think like you're having some success, then all of a sudden they get two sacks in consecutive plays or they get a tip pass interception., uh, those kind of things. So I'm that's and we you know the we talked about it on the podcast this week, and I think it's really fun to compare the runs that these teams are on. And where they stand, and how it looks when a team does get hot at the end of the year and win the Super Bowl. So it's going to be fun to watch. Um, congratulations to James Cook. Often you kind of that was that was along the lines of the sun coming up this morning as to how surprising it was, but yeah, you know, he deserved it, and good for him. Uh,
1: which brings us to the Bills' practice updates, which are presented by LeCom, your Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine, and. There are a number of updates here. We saw the Tuesday injury report come out, and it was lengthy, and there were some new additions to the injury report, which had to be released on Tuesday, with this being a Saturday game. And new additions to the injury report, Leonard Floyd, Reed Ferguson, uh, Ty Johnson, I believe, has been on there with his shoulder, Um, you know, and then – Sam Martin after he got hit in the game last week good news is Sam Martin's a full participant so too is Reed Ferguson with a right thumb injury but Leonard Floyd came out of last week's game with a wrist and rib injury and he was limited in practice Tuesday he was out there today again but he is wearing a red non-contact jersey so too is A.J. Epinesa who did not play last week he was wearing uh, a red non contact jersey as well, Coach McDermott described him as improving Micah Hyde, another player wearing a red non contact jersey as well as Ty Johnson, the running back, and Dalton Kincaid, as we know, uh, with the shoulder ailment, is wearing a red non contact jersey in practice. He did that last week and still played in the game, right, so yeah, this make uh, of it what you
2: will yeah is is <clears throat> It's hard to decipher what it all means, whether all these guys are in peril of not playing. Um, Most of them probably are not, but there's no doubt that not only the guys on this list, which is extensive, it's like 15 guys long, right? Uh, No doubt all of them are dragging around some form of luggage with aches, pains, hurts, bumps, bruises, and flat-out injuries. So nobody feels good. And, you know, the on a short week, it's hard to give guys veteran rest days, although some of them will probably take fewer reps. I mean, it's a that in and of itself, and, and, and the Bills have guys over there, the sports science guys are all about it. They're all yeah. deciding who can, who doesn't, who needs it, uh, and when they can take. And on a short week, though, man, it's hard to fit it in. Hard to fit in a veteran. Exactly. rest day.
1: And I think that is part of the reason why they're saying, hey, look, let's take any – potential hits off of these guys, put the red jersey on right. them so they can heal up on a short week as best as possible so nothing gets aggravated, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, they
2: give them a, they give them a limited participation des- designation instead of a veteran rest day. And yeah. maybe that's the same thing on a short week on where you're playing on Saturday instead of a Sunday. So, we'll, nevertheless... It's that time of season where you got, like I said, fifteen. Is it fifteen? Let me just count. Three, six. And nine, we did
1: not see Jordan Phillips out there, which guys. was expected since he right. was given a week to week designation by Coach McDermott yesterday and had wrist surgery on Monday. Yes. So
2: fourteen guys listed. So and the Chargers have only nine. Yeah.
1: So So there it is. Um And then as far as stuff going on with the Chargers, Keenan Allen not practicing. He missed last week's game with a heel injury and then did not practice on Tuesday. Well, obviously with them being three hours behind us, we won't find out probably till we're off the air as to whether or not Keenan Allen is able to try and go in practice Interim head coach Giff Smith said he's working hard to try to come back, but we'll have to wait and see. So it seems very up in the air, not to mention the fact that they're not going anywhere. Their season's over after the next three games. So is it prudent to push a player you know, to get back on the field if he's yeah. not 100%? I don't know. I'll this s- is a time where you can evaluate younger players on the
2: roster. You know who Keenan Allen is. You know who what he's capable of. Sure, you'd love and, to have him, and you're well, the next coach coming in <laughs> definitely wants him on his team. So right. don't blow his ACL out in a meaningless Week 14 or 15 game this season. Uh, I mean, if if I'm if I'm John Spanos or Dean Spanos, I'm saying you know, hey, you're you're going to play this. You're going to be the interim head coach, but you're not going to, you know, you're not going to have Keenan Allen, and you're not going to have Eckler. Uh, you're not you're not going to have Khalil Mack. Yeah. Uh, so go out and win, baby.
1: The one, you know. I, I neglected the biggest note of Bill's practice today. James Cook is not practicing due to illness today, so he's got an illness, and stuff's going around this time of year. Hopefully, it's nothing serious. How did
2: James Cook catch a, Catch the flu from the Cowboys? They didn't, they didn't touch him all night. Oh, wow,
1: you were waiting on that one, wow. weren't you? How about that? Yeah. So, hopefully, that's nothing serious, but he's dealing with an illness, um, so not practicing today. Uh, hopefully, he's out there tomorrow, and no worse for wear, but... There's stuff going around. Everybody in my house had a head cold last week, yeah. including me. Um, it's just that time of year. Yeah. And football teams have to be careful with that stuff because it can spread around a locker oh room in gosh. the snap of a finger. Uh, and that's what the Cowboys were dealing with last week leading up to the Bills it game because Micah Parsons had played against the, the Eagles with flu-like symptoms. And then Stephon Gilmore mispracticed because he felt he had a stomach bug, You know, couldn't keep any food down. And there were a couple other players on their roster that dealt with that. So you don't want that to happen because the last thing you want to be is shorthanded in these games you got to have. These guys live in
2: close quarters. They sit next to each other in tight meeting rooms. They sit next to each other getting dressed for practice. They're in the same room all day in the locker room, as big as it is. They practice. They lean on each other physically. I mean, physically, literally lean on each other going through drills. If somebody gets sick and doesn't know it or doesn't show symptoms and then Later, forget it. The whole whole team goes down.
1: So sorry for burying the lead there, but, yeah, James Cook not practicing due to illness. So uh, we'll get an update on that probably by tomorrow at this time when they're back on the practice field again, and hopefully he is participating at that point in time.
2: (laughs) Oh, man, if James Cook can't play because of the flu, are you serious?
1: Yeah, it's like, are we not allowed to have nice things? (laughs) Right? Or at least for very long. My gosh. Uh, but we'll see uh, tomorrow. And then uh, we will also have post practice sound coming from players addressing the media after practice is over today. Among the players we expect to hear from uh, Terrell Bernard and Gabe Davis. So hope to hear from them after practice. As soon as they step up to the post practice podium, we will provide their comments to you. Uh, Topic of discussion for you today, what kind of Bills offense are you expecting to see Saturday against the Chargers? Because we saw a very different flavor on Sunday against the Cowboys, and was it a matchup situation more than anything else? I think we would agree that it was, and to expect them to try to run the football that often and that effectively Against every opponent is probably a little unrealistic, right? But maybe we see more of a mix in light of James Cook's success this past week. So you let us know. Facing a Chargers team who has a defense that doesn't do a whole lot very good in any aspect of defense, what kind of Bills offense do you expect to see Saturday against the Chargers? 803 eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. The number to get on board, or you can hit us up on the tweet sheet. At one Bills live, any <clears throat> any thoughts on that? What do you you think they go
2: back to what racked up points previously uh, and yes, strictly I, a matchup no, situation this I think this it's strictly matchups. Week? In fact, I think they may go out and try to do some of their <clears throat> basic stuff, stick their toe in the water as to the emotion that the Chargers are going to bring to the table, and either I, it'll be interesting to see what they coach their like what Josh's attitude comes out. If he comes out and they drop back and they're gonna they're gonna go deep and try and punch him in the mouth right out of the gate, yeah, you could do that. Or do you come out and start pushing them around and test how committed they are to staying in the game for four quarters? You know what I mean? You could do it any way you want. And, and let's, I'm not I'm not breaking any news here. The Bills are really good on both sides of the ball. They're one of the top teams in the league. They're as talented as anybody, despite the injuries. They're playing on a high level. They've got a lot of options coming into this game. They've got a lot of options, and it's going to be up to the Chargers to decide how well this, how this game goes. So, yes, they could come out and Josh could hand it off on the first 12 plays and they could be up 14 points, you know. Or they could come out and Josh could do the exact opposite, drop back, throw it to Diggs, have 12 or 14 throws in a row, and the same result. How the Chargers respond to getting embarrassed, having their starting quarterback sit because of an injury, their head coach is fired, their GM is fired. Every coach in that building has got to be looking over their shoulder, dead man walking, knowing they're not going to be there next year. That is a tough environment, a really tough environment to be productive in. And it's going to be really interesting, I think, just for everybody to see what happens with the Chargers' locker room, how their team responds. Expectations are low, right? This is a team that came out of the gates thinking they were going to, they were going to fight the Chiefs for the division title. They got all this talent. Once again, they got a quarterback that can hang in there with anybody. And once again, the Chargers fade. Yeah. They fade. They buckle up. They 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 fold up, um, and it's it's not all on Brandon Staley because they do it under whoever coaches there. Yeah, it's not good. It's so I, it's it going to be been good for so. A while. That's the story of this game. You know the Chargers and their response to being absolutely yeah. embarrassed and having their coaching staff and administration pay the price.
1: We had Dan Orlovsky on the show last week or yesterday with his weekly appearance. And, you know, he pointed out the fact that the chargers have had a lot of blown coverages this season. And proof of that is in the number of 20 plus yard pass plays they have given up this season. They have given up a total of 54 pass completions of 20 yards or more in 14 games. That is the third-highest total in football by defenses. Uh, Tampa Bay's given up the most. Washington and Cincy have both given up 56 each. And the Chargers have the third-most at 54. Eleven of those have gone for touchdowns, which is the second-highest number of touchdowns on big plays given up through the air this season. So they have been vulnerable, to say the least.
2: Yeah, Um and it's enticing. Right? I'd love to see Josh oh, throw. For, yeah. I'd love to see Josh throw for 475, run throw for four touchdowns, run for two, you know, Cook gets a hundred, you know, just roll it up on him. But you need to get the win. And you need to do it in a way. You really want to do it in a way that puts the ball at the least amount of risk. Because the only way the Chargers beat you is if you help them. Yeah which is what we've been saying about this Bills team for three years now. You beat them when they help you beat them. Don't do that, you know? Yeah. When you don't do that, when you don't help, but when you we go so far as to say we're not going to help you beat us, when you know, you're, you're winning 10-7. And fourth quarter, the Chargers find themselves in a game they might win. Yeah. So, I, you know, that's the we've been talking about it all week. That's exactly the conflict that the Bills coaching staff's in right now. Right.
1: So I'm, I'm very curious to see what Joe Brady's plan of attack is, and that's why we're asking you, what kind of Bills offense are you expecting to see Saturday against the Chargers in light of this newfound ground game production that revealed itself against the Cowboys this past week? I think we're all wise enough to know that the matchup just looked favorable from the jump, with all the dime defense that the Cowboys play with 60 B's on the field, not to mention the fact that they have a 215 pound linebacker. So you roll all that together and running the ball made sense, but we even heard some of the linemen after the game say, "We didn't really intend to run that much, but with the right. Cowboys inability to stop it, let's go. Why were we going to not stick with it?
2: That's right. That's right. And I, it's, you would think something's going to happen in this game. The Bills have, you know, got the superior matchup in a lot of ways. I don't know what I don't know how Gift Smith is at managing games and being a head coach. I don't know what kind of leader he is. I mean, he's, he's
1: largely been a position coach. His he was entire a defensive career.
2: line coach here in Buffalo between 2010 and 2012. Um. So okay, I'm. But the Chargers, there's a lot of
1: unknowns here. The Chargers don't do anything especially well on the defensive side of the ball. They're the 29th-ranked defense in football in terms of total yards allowed. They're 28th in points allowed. Uh, Sacks per play, they're decent. They're 10th in the league in sack percentage. But, I mean, against the pass, they're 30th. Against the run, they're 18th. On third down, they're 14th. So, (laughs) to me, they're average at best. In a number of categories and they're below average
2: in several others and it's it's a common theme for the chargers to have multiple injuries to multiple stars they do have one guy on their squad who's legit and a star and it's uh, Khalil Mack Mm -hmm. he's second in the league in sacks he can get after it but once you get past him Joey Bosa's not there um you know so yeah that he's it he's that's their defense and if you can kind of get him blocked or run the football at him with power yeah we'll see you know they got to they got to find another way right
1: so we'll see what happens uh but you let us know what you think 803 550 1888 550 the number to get on board uh we'll open with the tweet sheet while people start calling in here uh And tweet sheet is brought to you by Corrigan Moving Systems, the official equipment moving company of the Buffalo Bills. And Brian leads us off by saying, light it up early and often. Then sit starters by the fourth quarter. Open up the passing game with indoor
2: perfect conditions. There is something to be said about knowing what the conditions are going to be. That's true. I mean, they're practicing indoors today here in Buffalo. And we all know what it was like Sunday night. Um and it's been like that for a few games here, a handful of games, not only here but also in Philly. Um, you know, they, they've been fighting the weather. Might be nice to see them get out. I, I, I've said this before on the show, man. You you play in Buffalo, you live in Buffalo, and you get a winter like we're having now, where it's dark at four in the afternoon and it's raining and it's thirty eight. You kind of get there, and you kind of grind it out every day and day. I'll tell you this: you get on, you'll get, you'll do it, Brownie. It's Friday. You get on the charter. You fly to the West Coast, you get off that plane, and it's you soak it up like a dry sponge. I mean, it's like, oh yeah, it's awesome, right? And it, it, it's different, man. You you go out on the field, and instead of having all these layers on and all the you know the you know, all that, stuff, you feel like you're playing nude. <laughs> Seriously, you feel so good. It feels like you know, feels like training camp where you, oh, it's just invigorating. So. That's a little thing, but it is a thing. Okay. It I is a thing. I hadn't thought of that. It is a thing. The the, the conditions are going to be a welcomed relief for this club, I would think. Tyler Bass, I mean, think about him, man. Just plant your foot and swing it through, man. You don't have to worry about your foot slipping or taking a shallower or angle, the wind. the wind. Just like, oh baby. Yeah. Gimme some. Don't need a lot of extra it's, brain power. It's 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 re- it's a relief for those guys. You know what I mean? It's just one thing. It's like off their plays. Like, oh man, that's nice. Hmm. You know.
1: All right, we got to take a break here because when we come back, the Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas will be joining us. We'll talk James Cook with him, among other things, including the rest of the schedule for Buffalo, knowing they are in win now mode with their backs against the wall in this playoff race that is still tight in the AFC conference. Thurman Thomas coming your way next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, and the Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas here in studio. Thurman, welcome. Thank Uh, you, sir. How much were you puffing your chest out (laughs) after Sunday's game against the Cowboys?
3: Are you kidding me? Oh Man, I wish I could have had a game like that against them in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, but you know, hey, <laughs> me too. Know. Yeah, right. <laughs> so before you finish that sentence, I was like, wait a second, you have
1: had games like that, but okay, you qualify. Yeah, you qualified yeah but anyway, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. no,
2: it was uh it was great to see. You
4: know, I mean, me oh. too. Gosh.
2: I mean, it, the thing about it was, for I, after the game, it was like it was like one of the few games this year. It was like almost stress free.
1: Yeah, stress free. Control had a the lot whole of those games. Couple and.
2: Week two, week two, three, week two, and, three four, and four. But man, right. oh man, just absolutely, and it's even more so. It seems really deep down stress free in your soul when all they do is run it. It's like okay, you got <laughs> it. Right. when yes. you throw it, you know, bad, you know, so sort of tipped interception makes you all go bad. Mm-hmm. You know, and now you're nervous again. But when they're handing it off, it's like, pfft, yeah, it's just like give us another round. Give know? us another yeah. round. Yeah, <laughs>
3: exactly. And you're
2: know, You know, that offensive
3: of line. You know, they had to be loving it. And oh, and, you, and you can tell Dallas wasn't liking it. Yeah, they had they they didn't want we, any part of yeah. what happened. And the thing that I love about it, it started at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like this is what we got. And then when I looked at their front seven, really kind of smallest guys. Yeah, kind of smallest guys. And maybe. they play
2: a ton of dime. They they, they and they, they kept. Pl- is that I was going to ask you? Were you surprised? I didn't know until after you know you come out and you see all the stats and all that. It gets kind of distilled out. Yeah, and they they pl- they didn't get out of dime. They didn't want to get out they of did. dime.
0: <laughs> they didn't want which to tells
2: get me dime. they were really afraid of Josh. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a to me that's amazing.
0: Yeah. You know?
2: That that's, what we and we always talk
3: about and we've heard it what a, nobody makes adjustments. They didn't make the adjustments. I don't know what Dan yeah. Quinn was thinking there, yeah. but yeah.
1: I guess he was terrified of Josh throwing it over their heads. I don't know. I and and that leads me to my next question Therm. How much more difficult is it now for future opponents of the Bills to effectively defend this team after what they're going to watch this tape from last week and go, Josh only threw the ball 15 times and they won by 21 points. Like yeah. how much more difficult are the Bills now to defend after what James cook put on tape last week?
3: Well, I think if you, if you, if you look at it throughout the year, well, I guess maybe all the way until Joe got the job. I mean, cause Dorsey had the same job, but he was and Cook had some good games. Yeah, yeah. He had some good games. But now you're seeing the whole repertoire of catching the ball out of the backfield, hitting plays on the outside and in the inside, lining up, doing screens, doing it all. But we didn't see a lot of that you know, early in the season. But he was still putting up numbers in different kind of ways. Yeah. And so now, you know what, hey, this helps, this helps everybody. This helps yeah. Diggs and his last three or four games struggles. Yeah, it, it helps everybody. I mean, like like Dawson Knox, he might be back into the flow now. So right. I mean, it, it it spreads across the the line of scrimmage and the offensive side of the ball. That you know what, hey, yeah. and Josh is not you know our
2: leading ball carrier anymore. It's he's not the even right the here. engine. Yeah, he, yeah, he's not even it. You anymore. got like this seven forty seven sitting off there, you know. In the hangar, yeah. <laughs> waiting to take right. off. You right. Got the, you got Cook. Cook is like flying around. He, and you got the 747 still. You know, getting yeah. a paint job. Yeah. The uh, here's the thing. I was going to ask you t- as well. Like, so you're you're the Los Angeles Chargers. I always have to hesitate because I would keep going San Diego. <laughs> you got the Chargers coming in. They get absolutely embarrassed by the by an embarrassing team to get embarrassed right. by. Exactly. And <laughs> head coach gone, general manager gone. You got some. You got St. Franny. Giff Smith. Yeah. Giff. Yeah. Tom <laughs> Telesco. <laughs> yeah. We both. We both texted him. You're you right. know. Um, so you got Giff Smith, a position coach, taking over as head coach. None of the coaching staff coming back next year. None of them. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess.
3: How do you approach getting ready for that? Well, you know what? You know guys what? in the locker room, hey, you know what? This might be our last shot. Some of them, maybe the veteran players or whatever. Those you guys, they, they yeah. Have, they have to be in that locker room right now going, Hey guys, I know we're going through stuff with no head coach, no general manager, but you know what? There's still film out there. There's still plays to be made. Cause you don't know what coach is gonna come in here. We all could be gone. We all could be gone. So let it. Let's put it on tape to say, hey, "Man, I want that guy from San Diego. Here's the he just thing, needed some uh, different yeah. coaching, some different,
0: a yeah. uh, different organization,
2: and maybe." I, but I, also too, think of it, the old guys. Like if they're thinking, "I was, you know, this was gonna be if this, if this was gonna be your last year, you, you may, you may just walk through." <laughs> <laughs> like I just want to get out of here. I've ends. got my money in the bank. I want to start my retirement with knee surgery. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm right. just gonna go yeah. out. I'm yeah, gonna go yeah. Out. I'm yeah. Gonna go. yeah. You with Vontae Davis time. Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> right? Oh, right. <my> <laughs> and they got some younger. They got some older. Macs out there. Right. Yeah, he's 32. He's 32. Kaleem. But he's
2: he's chasing some Darren side
3: Williams. Uh, Williams, right? One of the defensive backs. Are, Derwin, Derwin James. James. Derwin James. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. a young player. He's a younger player. I mean, he's a fifth year player. Even with everything that's gone wrong, you know
1: who's been like the consistent guy with him? It's been Keenan Allen. Right. Right, but he missed last week's game with a heel injury. They don't know if he's going to play this week either. Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, but
3: I'm just saying like before that, you know, he's been like their most consistent players. Eckler, right? Right. He'll be able to play. Yeah, they're – I'm not sure what coach – this might – I don't know if you give this – to a college coach or not, or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's oh, going to be I, really difficult for them to try to find somebody. I, I, I mean, you want to say it. somebody like a Belichick who came in and just transformed New England. Sure. Th- that's what they need.
1: They right. need it across the board. And their owner, John Spanos. Nobody not likes. Not their owner, their president, who's the son of the owner. Yes. Uh, he basically went on record saying – they will spend whatever they need to spend. There's no limitations. No limitations in hiring a coach or building a roster because for decades they've played it on the cheap.
0: Yes. I mean, there. It's, well, se-
1: it's not a secret out there. That's why they share it with the Rams. That the, the last Rams. head coaching cycle, right. that's why the last in, head coaching in cycle, San Diego. the Chargers were down to Brandon Staley and Brian Dayball. <laughs> and Brandon Staley costs less money. Yeah, right. well. So that's why they right. went with Brandon.
3: Right.
1: Anyway. Well, let's get back to the offensive. We'll see how of that the worked week, out. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh Cook, you know, Cook has given future opponents a lot more to think about now. It's not just thinking about Josh Allen with this Bill's offense. Yeah. So I just wonder as much as defenses have to now think about Cook as much as they think about Allen, I wonder what this puts in the head of Joe Brady with future game plans. Obviously, there was a lot of game plan opponent-specific yeah. stuff mm-hmm. last week that prompted them to go with the run game as much as they did because yeah. even Mitch Morse, after the game, said, well, we didn't really plan to run that much, but <laughs> they didn't change anything, so we just kept doing it. Right. So, so it this week, what Cook showed on the field last week, how do you think that influences a coordinator yeah. going forward yeah. with future game plans?
3: Yeah, I, I mean – Obviously, the number one guy is always going to be Josh. He's, he's going to be the main focal point of the offense. So, whatever new whatever wrinkles you want to put in now, I think it's a great opportunity for you to try those. Look, these next two games should be winnable games, mm-hmm. and this is the kind of time sometimes where you you try just different things, just
5: a just player to sit, two a here
3: player two here. You don't change your entire offense, you know, but you change where I mean, I mean has has. Cooks motion over to Diggs side. Uh, and How that's yeah, going to come? You know, have you did different things like I don't see. I've always seen Diggs motion, but it's usually to a tight end or another wide receiver. So how about if you have James Cook, just throw in a couple of different plays. Yeah. I, I think and have that on the field. And you know what? What try it in a game.
1: Yeah,
0: try it
3: in a game
1: because I was thinking like third down. Murray's usually on the field, although Ty Johnson got a little more time last week, but. Murray's usually on the field on third down. Why can't you put Cook out wide somewhere and leave Murray in the backfield? If you're worried about pass protection, leave Murray back there, split out Cook.
3: Yeah, well, I do think yeah. at a time,
2: important time, you're going to have to say, hey, Cook, you're going to have to pick this guy up no matter yeah, what. Yeah, but also, who's going to you got to sit somebody down. you got two backs on the field. You're going to put Kincaid on the bench or Knox on the bench, right. uh, Shakir on the bench. Somebody's got to sit down. Um, so. That becomes a you know another
1: it's
3: layer like, again, of it. It sounds like a saying, great
1: problem not, to have. I know I'm not and I'm and again I'm not saying all the time to Thurman's point. You're talking about a couple of plays here that you might weave into the game I mean, plan yeah. because of what he
2: demonstrates. I know. So here's the thing: we we beat the we're flying high. We beat the Cowboys and the Chiefs in succession, successive, <laughs> successive weeks. So here it comes. <laughs> I get it, and this is a team you should lump up pretty good. There is. Something to be gained by Joe Brady saying, "Okay, listen. If this does get out of hand and we are lumping these guys up, we're going to do about twelve or thirteen plays sprinkled in that are going to be analytics busters. They're going to (laughs) break tendencies. We're (laughs) going to throw off all the you know. We're going to make it look like we don't do this too much. Or if we want to put something on film to people, that's exactly right. right? We are going to put like James Cook split wide to the boundary by himself. We are going to put you know motion. You know, we're all going to do all that. We got all this stuff on. We're not going to do it until we're up." and we're going to start sprinkling it in so we can get some benefit out of this game and throw and make some teams prepare for some things that we have no intention to do. Well, it's just like the
3: teams that we kind of have a problem with, with Kansas City. They do all that with Travis Kelsey with the tight end playing quarterback. I mean, they do a lot of that motion stuff with their running backs and stuff. Mahomes is out there. We haven't seen Josh Allen out there. Line up your wide receiver. So. Just a good athlete.
2: <laughs>
0: Josh, a little, they, you know, hey, touchdown he pass might in just do it, right? I, I
2: question exactly. his ability to release on one <laughs> against pump, bump press. But you're right. You can do some of that. Yeah, there is some. There's probably a little bit in there that you think in a game like this you might want to have that on a separate little spot on your play call sheet to. Change some analytics numbers. We do some self scout. Say like, right. we're doing this a hundred percent of the time. We get into the situation. We're doing this. So teams, you know. So let's break that up a little bit. Um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Work on the screen game. But you can't. You can't do it unless you're <laughs> lumping them up. Bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You gotta. Yeah. You gotta play.
3: Uh, I think you can do the screen game with Cook maybe in the oh lineup. Oh gosh.
2: I, yeah. Early in the game. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. I don't, so yeah, don't is, waste a th- play on a screen. Th- we <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> this just—he's giving up. Just say we can't do that. Steve we can't do that. We're just gonna—we're not gonna waste our time. All right. Hey, I, once again, congratulations, Cook. Great job, man.
3: Great job. I'm, yeah, he, you know, yeah. when, when I'm sure you texted him, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he's like, man, it felt so good. Oh, it, 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 it felt so Dude. good, man. And uh, like he's the first, like, if you think of like all the backs we've had since, like, I guess I looked up. Travis Henry was the last one. 2002.
1: Yeah. AFC AFC offensive for AFC, player of the week.
3: Yeah. And it's been a minute. Really, yeah, it's been a minute. It's been two decades. But we have but we've had some, we I, some I good took guys. A screen screen. I mean, we've had like Fred's been here. M- Marshawn's been here. shady has been here. McGeehi. Yeah, McGahey I mean, we've had guys, yeah, guys. that have never until 2002. Well, I mean, that's yeah, a long the, I'll time. I'll say
2: this though. This that Ta- Cowboys game last weekend was as close to that offensive line you had working for you in that Chiefs championship game. That's yeah. as close to a dominant offensive line as we've, we've seen here in a long, long time. Low, low and they both guy. go – I know you give your guys credit up front of you, and I'm sure Cook would too, but those performances by those guy, five guys up front are yeah. rare. Rare. And yeah. and James was there to take advantage of it, and he, he did some awesome stuff. So the two I mean, of them he together – Turn into that. That's he what it made, takes.
3: So. He made some moves. He, uh, he made some yeah, moves, yeah. showed great balance. I mean, um, I thought that should have been a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Got to the one. Got down to the one. I, I was, the was like, one. oh, yeah, but somebody was coming up
2: behind him.
1: So, yeah, yeah I'm just uh Curse got him from behind. It me. is a fast defense, Dallas. There's no it question is yeah, about It, that. Is. it and is, I, is a Josh fast. Josh
2: found that out quick, too. Josh got run down like a wounded puppy a couple yeah. of times. You know, he started – you know, Josh busting out, I think, okay, he's going to get – it. and that guy's like, closes it on him. Right. Josh fast.
0: Like, yeah. you can it's see a fast group. You can
2: see Josh right, do a yeah. double take and then put the <laughs> stick arm out, right, because he thought he was going to be free. New England or something like that. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: We have to take a break here, but when we come back, we will talk to Thurm about that offensive line and ask him if he thinks it's the best one the Bills have had in the McDermott era. We'll do that when we return. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Colada Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. Welcome back to one bills live. James cook is on fire to celebrate another away game week. We're giving away a signed James cook football enter today at buffalobills.com slash giveaway. No word. If he signs it, James or Jimbo, uh, since that's what his teammates call him, Jimbo, Jimbo. <laughs> um, I would guess it's James Jimbo. Wow. Yeah. They call him Jimbo. Oh yeah. The team calls him Jimbo. Yeah. Oh, Josh started that and everybody calls him that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it is. It's I mean, not incorrect. It's James. Yeah, it's not incorrect. Yeah, it's what we call Jimbo. I don't Jumbo. know that he cares for it, but right. it is what it is. Uh, when, have once live, you have a nickname, he's going to have to live with it. Well, he got it last year as a rookie, so yeah. he had no say whatsoever.
2: Hey, a picture.
1: I didn't get squatty. I mean, not exactly. Squatty. He could be called
2: a lot me, worse right. things right. than Jimbo. I, just Jimbo. take like, it, smile, and wave. Elijah Pitts. Elijah Pitts when we were in stretch, and Eli comes through walking. Gives Thurman. <laughs> he says Thurman's gonna sue the town of Orchard Park. And he's mm-hmm. like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, they they built the sidewalks too close to his butt." <laughs> oh wow, wow, <laughs> squatty. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: Jeez, it, nice yeah. Uh, all right. Nice, let's talk. Yeah. You got Bill's some thick skin. Let's talk Bill's O line here, Thurman. Yeah uh steve and i have discussed this on the show we did a whole podcast on it as a matter of fact you know you think about the investment the in the offseason Connor mcgovern on one side osiris Torrance on the other at the guard spots spencer brown kind of coming into his own this year arguably arguably playing his best season in a bills uniform since he got here mm-hmm. and dion just kind of doing his thing over there yep. with mitch in the pivot Do you think this is the best offensive line the Bills have had in the seven-year McDermott era? Um, All the averages are up.
3: Touches are up, maybe. Yardage is up. Mm -hmm. I would say yes. Yeah, I I would definitely say yes. And Mm. really, the last game against the Cowboys, I mean, how many counter-trades did they run? Pulling the guard and the tackle. A lot. 10, 12, yeah, a lot. 15. That's a, lot. That's
1: a lot. And that's telling you, hey, you know what? I big guys can get up and go. Well, right. Dion, we know, has, I mean, he's been an athlete since he got here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a 320 pound guy that was doing backflips his first two years in the league. I mean, he can literally do a backflip, which is stupid <laughs> at that weight. I don't know if he can do it anymore, but <laughs> right. when he was a younger guy, yeah, he could yeah. do it. And then Spencer Brown was a tight end in eight man football in high school. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, the guy can run. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he's going to juke somebody out in a hole, but he can, you know, once he gets up and moving, he can go. So there aren't many teams in the league with two tackles, two tackles. who can run that pull scheme yeah. all the way across the formation and lead a back up through a hole. Like, that's, that's pretty rare, isn't it? It's pretty
3: rare of that, but I've only seen maybe. <sighs> I don't know if I've seen a lot of teams this year actually pull the guard, yeah, and the tackle. Yeah. I, I don't see it. I mean, I, I've seen Kelsey, the center for Philadelphia, pull,
0: yeah, but he's kind Mitch, of a one
3: man Mitchell do that. Mitchell Mitch do it. It. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been um, it's been good to see that. Hey, you know what? When it's time to play smash mall football, we can. And if not, you know what? We can do where our guys are coming off angles and everything like that. So, yeah. I, I love it, it, man. It has it has been though, like you said. I I think it has been the best offensive line he's had since he's been here. Yeah.
2: I'll tell you what, it looked so good against Dallas. It had me thinking. Gosh, I wonder. I wonder if they can bounce back and stay sharp in their passing game because it, you know, I wonder if Josh,
0: right. you know? They didn't have a lot of practice. Right? right. I, right. I was like, yeah, so, it's so almost it... a point like, wow. I wonder, you know,
2: <laughs> wonder if they can get it back together in the passing game. You know,
3: like they lost. Will it. it. Will they be calling the audible from right. a pass to a run? Now? Right. I mean,
2: I, it was crazy. <laughs> I, it was going so well. Yeah. Um. You just don't see that in the league very often. No. That's why when it happens, it's, it's, it's eye catching and. uh I don't think it's a shift in anything. I don't think it's some sort of paradigm shift where the I think they're a throw yeah, first. You're not gonna see team. twelve right.
3: So fifteen backs getting the ball right 20, 25 times. Yeah. A exactly. Game from here on out. I think yeah. it was
2: a I think it was a a game that turned out that way and the yeah. Bills were smart enough and disciplined enough to say, Hey, let's go. Let's keep doing and it. just keep doing it.
1: But how much does that empower Joe Brady where if there is a game plan where it's back to what we're used to seeing and Josh is throwing it forty times and maybe it's not coming together where right. they're having a couple of series where they go three and out, and they're like, eh, let's try to change the conversation. How much does it empower Joe Brady to know he's got that in his back pocket if he needs to turn to it? Oh, man, a lot. I mean, it, it's pretty
3: much um, reaching into a jar and just pulling out whatever play you want to run. Because hmm. you have yeah, – Yeah, as long have, as you're on schedule, As right? long as you're on schedule, yeah. And, and I And I think over the – First, what six or seven week when Dorsey was here, we all kind of figured like, you know, because I, I said to the TV a lot, don't run, a, don't do a running play right now. You're already throwing something or whatever. Don't run the play. Now it's like, you know what? There were times in this game against Dallas where I was like, I think they might pass it here. <laughs> we haven't seen Josh, right? right? I think they might pass, it. and I was right. totally fooled, totally fooled. I mean, they just kept running and running, yeah. so I was like,
1: man. I'll say this, this too. Like, awesome. And that takes some intestinal fortitude from the coordinator also, because a lot of these guys nowadays are like, Well, I ran it three times here. Like, should I really run it again? It's time to throw, isn't it? And he just
0: said,
6: The hell with that. He
1: <laughs> Till they stop it, we're gonna keep going. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're
3: you you're only gonna go so many plays without letting number seventeen take over. You're only gonna do that so many times. But right it was rolling. They it had was, to
1: lead. They yeah. had to
3: lead, you know, and I even saw a couple of plays where it was a handoff, and Josh was somewhere in the play by Cook on a couple of the oh, plays. Yeah, like he yeah, was going to be the lead blocker. Yeah, he, yeah, he was like
2: he, Josh is carrying out from? the fake, like is it like it's an RPO or something? He might pull it out and run with it, and he made Micah hesitate. Yeah, and then you know Micah, as fast as he is, couldn't catch up. Then it was done. Yeah, so was done. and that little ball fake for Josh. Then there was a couple times when there was a one time I think you're talking about when James Cook. Cut back, and Josh had moved up the field, and he's like yeah. cutting right back to Josh. <laughs> right, yeah. So yeah. it was. It's hard to imagine an NFL game going that much that well for any team's running game, even like the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry. It's hard to imagine that because even yeah. then you snap off a sixty-five yarder once in a while yeah. with Henry and all that. This game was just like, man, yeah. it was like twelve yards, eight I think yards, like right six now yards, yards, these next
3: eight yards. couple of games, they're going to be the one that's going to be in control they're going to make you switch on defense. Mm. They're going to make you – because they're, they're going to be ready – knowing that we got this now, this running game now, right. and the offensive linemen are feeling good now, and Cook Offensive right. Player of the Week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're the lead dog right now. And Chargers, watch out. Because yeah. we might do the same thing to you, what we just did uh, mm. to the Dallas Cowboys. Because I think they're a smaller – Type of uh, defensive line, too, somewhat in that range with the Cowboys. So, right. yeah, I think it's rolling dice, baby. All right.
1: <laughs> Therm, thanks for coming in as always. Enjoy the game. Don't forget, it's Saturday night, yep. not Sunday. Uh, and it'll be on NBC here locally in the Buffalo Market, Peacock, everywhere else. Got to take a break here. Hour number two, where we expect to have bill center mitch morse joining us after practice here on one bills live presented by Kaleida health it's buffalo bills radio Presented by Kaleida Health. Hour number two here on a Wednesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you and discussing, among other things, what you expect from Bill's offense. From the Bill's offense in Saturday night's game against the Chargers, they had a run-dominant performance this past week against Dallas. Much of it was game plan and opponent-specific. But seeing the production that was churned out on the ground... Are you expecting a different-looking offense Saturday against the Chargers? There is a larger bag from which to pull for Joe Brady in terms of play calling, game plan, etc., in light of the success we witnessed this past week against the Cowboys. So you let us know at 803 what you anticipate. And uh, we are going to go to the phones right now as we wait for the arrival of Mitch Morris once practice is over. And we lead off here with Kevin in Hamburg. What do you got for us, Kevin?
0: Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Sure thing. Um, I think, well, our offensive line looked as dominant as I've seen it in a long time. Now I don't mean just the McDermott era. I mean, through any of the, especially the losing coaches that we had before. I mean, I grew I remember watching, and I know it's a painful memory because they beat us in the Super Bowl, the Hogs, of uh, the Redskins. Our offensive line this game looked as close to a hogs as you could possibly be for a, for a Buffalo offensive line the way the way they just pushed them around the way the, the way those guys used to push people around and it was I think it is the Chargers defense who's not as good they just got to keep sticking it to them now obviously the Chargers have a new spark with a new coach and that can give them i guess maybe that uh, I use the term Rocky mentality, Rocky Balboa mentality that might be, could be a little tricky in the beginning. You know, the old adage of I'm going to go the distance even if I don't win the game or fight. So that's the only thing I watch out for. But I think I keep sticking it to him. Okay. So, cause Steve, you know this, your first year, you were in the 86, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, the last half of 86.
0: Yeah, and you were there. Were you there when they went from Hank Bulla to Marv Levy and the, the locker room just in two or three games, even though you had a losing season, that spark of a new voice, a new, new language, and you beat a couple of teams. You still had a losing record, but you beat a couple of teams that with Hank Bulla, you would have probably got spanked.
2: Uh, well, <laughs> certainly Marv's first game as head coach, it was one week they played Tampa with Hank Bulla. The next week they played the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, and Marv Levy was the head coach, and they beat the Steelers in Orchard Park. Yeah, and that was my first game as well. As Marv's first game, it was my first game. I was the first new player they picked up. So I was there after – I never met Hank Bulla, I guess, to be honest, to, to put it bluntly. But it depends – On the atmosphere left behind by the former coach. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think Brandon Staley was vilified in the locker room. He might not have been liked or guys might have been tired of him or whatever, but I don't think they hated him. Uh, From my experience and stuff I was told in the locker room when I got here to Buffalo, just after the change was made to Marv Levy, they hated that guy. So there was a bump. And I think that when you get a bump, that's what causes it. The lack – I mean, it was the – if the Chargers come out and play off their rocker, it's because Brandon Staley was hated. You know what I mean? Um, that's thats kind of what does it. If you're going to get a bump, it's because the other guy was so bad that the new guy couldn't help but be a welcome change. I don't know if I see that in in, L, in L.A. with the Chargers. Maybe. Yeah, but I think that's what you're looking at. The emotion of it, that's what, you're right, Kevin. The emotion of it has everything to do with it. If they are so happy to have a new guy in there, that's where you get the bump. Let's go to Michael in
1: California next. What do you got for us, Michael?
6: Hey there, Merry Christmas. First time I ever calling in, guys. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so out here in L.A., um, you know, here's what I'm thinking with the Chargers. I don't think they've got a whole lot on defense, so... I think the new OC is just going to go with his script and then uh, he'll see what they do. And what I like about Joe Brady is um, if it's not broke, he doesn't try to fix it. So he's just going to pound them, uh, whatever it is with the pass or the run. And then I hope in the fourth quarter that we will be looking at Kyle Allen. Um, I did have one thing to tell you guys also about, uh, I went to SoFi stadium last year when the Rams came here and uh, to spend $5.3 billion on a stadium. That place is not great guys. It uh that greenhouse kind of roof thing is oh, yeah. 100 degrees up. I, yeah. And it was like 20 inside. And I got my wife there. She's melting and filling out like divorce paperwork on me. She never wanted to be there. Um, and then parking situation is a joke. Uh, you know, I had to pay $200 to park close because if not, you got to, you got to park out by, you pay 50 bucks and park out by the forum and then you walk on black hardtop for almost a mile and, you know, your wife dies on you on the way in. So, Yeah, I didn't love it. They ran out of hot dogs in the first quarter. Um, The seats were really close together. The screen was beautiful, but I could watch TV at home. So have you guys been there so far? I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah,
1: we were there last week in week one, obviously, because the Bills had the kickoff game. Last year in week one. Yeah, last year. And it was warm. Like, I had had a suit on, and the press box was air-conditioned, but then I had to go out and – catch up with a couple of people at halftime. I go down one level. I'm sweating bullets. Like <laughs> I was like, "Wow. I said I hope it's better on the field for the guys playing the game because I was I was just like, it is hot because they don't have climate control in that building because it's open air around the top. I guess they thought the air would circulate a lot more. I don't know what engineers came up with that one, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they uh, are going to get called back well, for they future.
2: To, they projects. had they had to drop it down because of LAX. They had to get it out of the that's right, out of the so, flight path or something.
1: Yeah, so yeah. there you go. In, in any event, joining us in studio, Bill center Mitch Morse, fresh off a super productive game against the Dallas Cowboys in which, uh, I don't know, I would call that one of your best bully ball games uh, since you've been here. I'm sure you can come up with others off the top of your head, but uh, Bill's fans got a charge out of what that thing looked like on Sunday.
7: Yeah, I'd say it's uh... – it's pretty unique. First of all, thank you both for having yeah. me on. Yeah. Oh, happy to have you. Uh, second of all, it was it was a new, unique one, and, and one that uh, it wasn't dictated like that prior to the game. It was one of those things that you you're not feeling out a game, but you're seeing how a team's going to play you. And we also understood what kind of passers they had. Right. Um, and so to limit those opportunities, we knew we had to be productive. And also, kudos to. The play callers and the coaches for putting us in positions where we could, uh, I mean, stick to it, right? Right. I mean, Joe Brady's talked about how it's hard as a play caller to, uh, I don't want to say pounding. put your pride aside, but like yeah. just trust it. And he yeah. did, and kudos to him. So for us, it was just kind of uh, sticking to what the defense gave us. And a lot of the times, the running backs
2: made us right, yeah. And it's interesting, I not for nothing, you know, James Cook, offensive player of the week. Uh, congratulations to you guys for that. Yeah, that I mean, goes right to you guys as much right? as it does, you yeah. got You guys got to be. You got to feel a certain sense of at least, if not satisfaction, certainly contentment for a minute after that game ended when you, you had the dominating performance like you did. It's hard to do that in the NFL against anybody. Um, but like you said, so many things have to come together. Sure. You're a play caller, the running back, the matchups, and then mm-hmm. the inability or or you know n- lack of conviction to adjust defensively. Sure. So all of those things have to kind of come together, and then you guys you know, certainly made it happen.
7: Well, I, I like to think the run game is a symbiotic relationship between the offensive line and also the receivers. I, mm-hmm. I think – I mean, talk about the prideful game – receivers i mean to be able to just time after time after time again not get their number called and you know a lot of these runs were getting to the outside bouncing outside these receivers were blocking their tails off so um yeah i think for the most part those you know those, you give yourself a 24 hour period where you mm-hmm. reflect on the game get to enjoy that but at the same time not to be a coach here but <clears throat> we understand that If we want to get to where we want to get to, it's time to take that next step and move on.
1: There are a lot of people who are of the opinion, Mitch, that this is probably the most gifted and effective offensive line in the McDermott era. I'm not going to ask you to rank it because I know that's not kind of what you do and you'd feel you'd be disrespecting previous teammates. What I will ask you is when did you feel that this five really gelled and hit their stride where they're where most of the hiccups that you often have, you know, in the early stages of pulling sure. a f- new group of five together will happen from time to time. When did you guys kind of really feel like you hit your stride here in this season?
7: Yeah, that's a good question, and one that you'd like to say you're still working on achieving, right? Like you still feel like there's. There's more to this for us, and I I think that's the approach we take in practice and how we attack meetings, and uh, Cromer treats us like professionals, so we uh, reciprocate that and work when it's time to work and rest when it's time to rest. And um, I would say just every game as as we continued, and then I would say even though we lost uh, that Denver game where we were able to run the ball effectively – We, 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 we felt like we pulled us, you know, we pull each other aside and said, listen, we, you know, the, the fate of this team is in everyone's hands, but we got to continue doing our job and do the best we can. And, and, and understand that just because where the standings are and stuff, there you get pride in being a professional. And I think that's tough for young guys, and it's also tough for pretty old, you know, older guys. But when you get closer to the end rather than the beginning of your career, I'm not saying you know, whatever, but you understand these chances are fleeting. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I'm just very fortunate to have a group of guys who are younger than me that really take pride in being professionals. And uh, and a lot of guys who are backup roles too. Um, they can plug and play, and, uh, and it's just a real
2: special group that really cares about each other. You come in on a short week. Uh, you play on Saturday, weird game, uh, kind of a weird feeling, mm-hmm. but still. Time change. Time yeah, change, sure. all that, yeah. West Coast. Um, and you're going to a team, and I don't know if you've you probably have not been through this as a pro where you got an interim head coach mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I've been through it way, way back, and also was part of the other side where mm-hmm. I, I, I was playing for an interim head coach, mm-hmm. and twice I did it. Um, or I was least on the team. It the bump that a team might get from changing coaches, and I just said this in the last segment, has a lot to do with. <laughs> I hate, I'll use the word, but yeah. the hatred they had for the last guy. Sure, <laughs> right. If the last guy was sure. you know Captain Bly, yeah. and you wanted to be the guy that threw him overboard, mm-hmm, yeah, uh, you do get a bump. Totally. But if it was a guy that's like, man, I a, we should have played better for him, mm-hmm. and he was a, I kind of liked him. If you know, mm-hmm. then. It's not a bump, you know. So, that has everything to do with the, you know, the LA Chargers. Sure, has nothing to do with the Buffalo Bills. Mm. No, Give us some insight I, into that y- thought process.
7: Yeah, that's that's a good point, right? Like, it's that you're you're damned if you presume in this in this business, that's right? right? Yeah. So, uh, we're not, we're presuming. Uh, The former in those two regards, I I think they're going to have a spark and they take pride in being professionals Mm -hmm. and they have outstanding personnel. And um, if you watch the film, you're you're very impressed. So uh, like any week, we understand that that the competitive edge is going to be who shows up and out competes the person. I know the competitive edge is being competition, but it's the truth. And and also I would I. Would, I mean you. Saw, we saw it to happen to the Raiders. I mean, the the week after McDaniel's left, they were on fire. So yeah. um, we've seen it happen this year, and, uh, and so we're just going to go out and we're gonna we're going to control what we can control and understand that uh, it could be an onslaught of things we see, or they could stick to a few things. Where we could you could expect anything, but the one thing we are expecting is for them to be fired up.
1: How is Christmas? reparations going in the Morris household are you guys all set because I gotta tell you right now with the kids at your age yeah you are in the wheelhouse of like the best Christmases because the Santa thing is in <laughs> full it's no full doubt. bore you know the whole like how's the house is it ready
7: well I, I gotta give credit to my wife right like she takes so much of the brunt and season and the and the home front and she also it takes a lot of brunt in regards to the presents and doing that so when they write from mom and dad it's from mom, and she just CC'd <laughs> dad on the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, it's so you're fun. not alone. No, it's we're, I'm so fortunate and blessed to have her on my side. And, uh, the kids are really cool. My son's a little too young, but my daughter's really wants a mermaid for, uh, oh, wow, for, yeah, for Christmas. So, we're a doll, of course. I
1: mean, yes, we're, not we're, a she'll a live be utterly disappointed. Be a tall if we, order, if we, yeah, especially with the weather we have, it's going yeah, to be tough to tough upkeep. There. Yeah,
7: a lot of people are using those for sled rinks. So, uh, <laughs> we can. <laughs> Unless you want the mermaid to freeze to death, we're going to be kind of SOL here in the yeah. in Orchard Park.
1: Now, do you, I'm going to ask you this, because I was fortunate enough to miss this window. It, does the Elf on the Shelf exist in the house?
7: Elf on the Shelf is a no-go in our house. Why is um, it? I, I just Prize learned moment. about it this past week from my wife. Exactly Maybe like me.
2: Me. I, I had to have a briefing outside. It yeah. turns
7: out we're all blissfully naive, because yes. it sounds yes. like a whole thing. It's
2: a lot of work.
1: It's a lot of work. Uh. Pro Bowl voting, Mitch, runs through December 25th. I know you are not a self gloss person, but you've put together a pretty nice season here. Fans can vote basically through Christmas at probowl.com slash vote. I oh, that mugshot. Um, good Lord. Yeah, it's a good one, man. They that's don't even have any shine spry, coming off your head there. Full just which, el- elbows feel great in that picture. Look at that.
7: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: oh my God! Right. Uh, but there is no limit. A, that's definitely a preseason. That's vote. the yeah. I think
7: that's the first day I was here. Yeah, because yeah, the great.
1: beard the beard is considerably shorter than it is now. I will say yeah. that. But there is no limit, fans, to how many times you can vote for Mitch or any of the other bills that you believe are worthy. And fans can also post on Twitter, now known as X, uh, to place votes that begin December 11th, and as, as I said, run through Christmas. So if you're sitting around the house because you got the day off. Uh, Friday or this weekend, there is still time to get your votes in for Mitch and anybody else on the roster. It's the last chance window. And here's the most important thing. On Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, if you get on social and vote, the vote counts double. So you want to vote twice for Mitch. You can do it in one fell swoop. You want to vote for Dion? Anybody else? Dion, Dion um, yeah, Push Dion hard. Even Here Spencer's again. had a Spencer hell of Brown. a year. Spencer's probably had his yeah. best year in a Bills no
7: uniform doubt. this year. Wouldn't take, you say no so, I, Mitch? I would 1,000% agree. He's, yeah. he's put on a beautiful a beautiful display of football. And I'll
2: say this, too. Uh, Osiris Torrance has been everything they hoped he would be, I think, as a rookie. He's been durable, no dependable. Uh, the big body they were looking for, certainly no athletic enough down inside. Um I, I noticed something about him the other day that I hadn't thought about. I used to play with a guy named Jerry Ostrowski. He was a 330 hundred and thirty-pound guy, mm-hmm. enormously long arms. That's beautiful. And flat <laughs> feet. Oh yeah, and, no. Anyone you who doesn't know, him. anyone doesn't right. know, Cyrus has got some
7: funky yeah. feet. He looked his but feet look funky him. feet. His ankles. feet look them.
2: like an elephant's foot. Like it's round, and it's like. <laughs> right the whole thing hits the ground at the same time yeah. hard to move a guy like that and I, and I thought wow that's well 330 also doesn't hurt either yeah that's yeah. true Yeah, that's no true. doubt but, uh, but he's, put, he's put together a nice year couldn't for ask for guy.
7: any more from a rookie I, I, I was fortunate enough to start as a rookie and he is so much farther ahead of me in regards to his mental preparation and just his stick to and also mm-hmm. his ability to bounce back from uh, if anything does go negatively. He, he has a great next-play mentality, which is so hard to do as a rookie. Right, right. Couldn't th- we, we've been just very yeah. so fortunate. Yeah. So if
1: you're going to go on Twitter and vote for Mitch or any of the other bills for the Pro Bowl, you write in your post, Pro Bowl vote, and then the player's first and last name, and uh, you can hashtag their first and last name as well. That vote will count double on Dion Christmas Eve Dawkins. and Christmas Day. <laughs> you know, that 20-yard block Dion when Dawkins, he uh, puts somebody yeah. on roller skates there, how many times did you guys run that back in film this week?
7: Yeah, I've seen it a few times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Mitch, thanks for the time. Have yeah, a great Christmas you with your family, and good luck on Saturday. Thank you all so much.
7: Appreciate you. Uh,
1: we will turn to the post-practice podium where Gabe Davis is addressing the media. Let's go there now
6: mentally dealt with, like, not getting the ball as much maybe, and kind of pushing through that and
4: doing, you're still doing your role out there. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, sometimes that's not just how it's going to be. Um, it's obviously it's not, it's not that, like, it's not that easy, but, you know, I got to do it. Um, I got to be and do what my team asked me to do, and all I can do is control what I can control. Um, but, you know, I'm doing good in the blocking game. And uh, real confident in that.
6: Is there anything that, like, you and Josh are working on to make sure you're on the same page, that kind of thing?
4: Um, me and Josh, I had a conversation. And, you know, again, that's what the game brings. Um, you know, we both know that we want each of us to be successful. His success is my, uh, uh, my success is his success, you know, and vice versa when he's throwing me the ball. So, um... It's not that we don't want it to happen, uh, but, you know, the league is tough, and um, all the stars got to align, you know, for stuff to go your way all the time.
0: You
4: got a Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that
0: league. Saw what the Raiders did the Chargers last time right. they played, just aerial
4: assault. Um, Does that kind of get you excited a little bit that maybe you can take advantage of that? TVs. I mean, I'm excited whoever we go against. I feel like we have, you know, the best team in the NFL, and I'm confident in all the guys that I'm with. So when it comes to seeing what we could do um, against each team, I'm confident in, you know, our run game or pass game. So, the last
6: couple games give you guys a lift as you're in this playoff push here, knowing what you're up against. A, a win, like, specifically against Dallas, the way that you guys were able to handle them.
4: I mean... You know that's what that's what we all expect out of each other. Um, it's no surprise to us to you know come out with the with the victory each and every week. Um, so the the past couple of weeks with the wins that we've had, it's no surprise to us. We just have to play our game the way we know how, and things like that will happen. You know each and every week. But how much fun is it to have a
6: game like the one you guys had against when You guys are out there running the ball down their throats, kind of physically dominating them. As a wide receiver, as a kind of contributor
4: on the that? Yeah, I mean it always feels good to be one of the guys that springs a the, springs the big run or something. And but it was we were just all we real happy for James. You know, James has grown into such a great player. Um, it was so fun to watch him uh, last week. Uh, so so happy for him and so proud of him to see his game. You know, get better and better. Uh, James has definitely turned into one of the known running backs in the NFL, and you know, just happy to see him blossom into the player that he is now. Realized during the game that he was on track for a big performance. And was there something that maybe you were saying to him during the game to kind of continue to? Hide him out? Um, you know, I mean, James had some ups and downs kind of earlier, and then him being able to be real consistent in the past game, be able to make the big plays that he made, and sort of, you know, just, just. Just run and, and give it his all each and every time. I mean, you can tell by the way he was running that he just was going forward and I'm happy to see him him doing that.
6: Gave up sixty three I think in the last game. I mean on one hand when you look at that film and they're giving up a lot of plays, but you know they're prideful, right? I mean they're professionals. I mean is there any is there any discussion that hey look I mean if any team's gonna be motivated to put forth a better product
4: yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I think it's, it's pride. You know, we all have pride. Um, and I feel like no matter what happens the week before, guys are going to come in like they're the, they're the best team, as they should, you know, and as we should as well, and be able to go out there and compete at a high level.
6: You guys have talked a lot about this being sort of a playoff stretch for the last several games, and the, the energy and focus in those games has been really strong. How do you maintain that? Going to the West Coast, playing on a short week against a team that's in a much different situation than the ones you
4: faced the last few weeks. Um, I feel like it's you know still the same thing. Whether it's a day before, or a day later, or a couple days before, you know it's still a football game. We still prepare. You know you tweak a little bit things in preparation for the week, but other than that, you know everything still feels the same. You're just leaving a day earlier.
6: Given the situation, you know plays better. Knowing that you know your guys' backs are against the wall under that pressure, or maybe there's just something that you find like this team unlocks, given
4: the situation you guys are in as you're playing to keep your playoff hopes alive. So yeah, I, I just feel like for us, we just had to. Um, we had to really figure out, you know, what we wanted our identity to be. And in fact, we didn't. This is we, this year, we didn't really know that um, until the past few weeks, um, and guys were kind of just. We were kinda of just all over the place, but now being more consistent, figuring out the things that we need to work on, um, and getting good at those things has helped us, you know, be more consistent on Sundays. How about the last few weeks? How much that? changing the offensive coordinator? Um I mean we've been we've been we've been playing well but I feel like it's just been more of a player's thing, not a coach's thing. I feel like the players have been doing better, playing more for each other, uh, being unselfish. Uh, had nothing to do uh, not I I don't want to say like not give Joe any credit he's been doing a great job Um, but again Dorsey was another guy that I loved and I feel like did a great job here as well Um, I feel like some of the things were on us I can go all the way back to when I talk about um, the Denver game we're driving down the field and the ball goes through my hands I mean that's a that's a touchdown drive and and it was something that I could have done better a lot of us could have done better on that game Um, and there's many different other reasons (laughs) on why, you know, things don't go our way. I wouldn't just put it on one singular person.
6: It's something that might help would be simplifying the offense. More. Has it, have the past few weeks, has it felt more simple? Has keeping things simple helped you guys at all? Or, or now that you look back on it, now you guys have put together a couple of good performances, how does that relate maybe to
4: simplification? It depends on the week. Some weeks are more simpler than others, um, but it's been the same offense. Um nothing really too different. Um, we've been running the same uh, same offense and you know, just been being a little bit more successful. So the
1: last you had a city in Dallas. I don't believe you haven't had a receiver that's had fifty yards in
6: a game. I'm, what's that like when statistically the receivers are not all over but you're getting you're getting the results you want. How how do you kind of process the different role that this is that you guys have had the last few weeks compared to traditionally with the success
4: i mean you don't want to play a team that can run and pass and we can do both so i feel like it's definitely a strength it only shows strength and it doesn't show any weakness um you have to decide which game you're going to try and stop and um, obviously both of them are super successful so no no problems there
1: all right that's gabe davis addressing the media kind of intrigued by what he said there at the end Saying it doesn't show any sign of weakness when we show we can run the ball and pass the ball. It's nothing but strength, and I would tend to agree with him. They're a lot harder to defend now after what James Cook put on film with the offensive line last week. Break time for us. When we come back, though, we'll get back to your phone calls. We'll lead off with Harold in Rochester, so if you're holding at 803-0550, stay right where you are. We'll get to you when we return. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. Ah, snap! Snapdragon Apples are now available. Fuel your game day adventures with Snapdragon Apples, now available at Wegmans and other local retailers. Snapdragon Apples, the official apple of your Buffalo Bills. 803-0550, the number to get on board here. As we have been asking you today, what kind of Bills offense do you expect to see Saturday against the Chargers, fresh on the heels of a dominant rushing effort that the likes of which had not been seen in quite some time with Buffalo's offense, does it change the dynamic for you in terms of what offense you expect to see from Buffalo on Saturday in L.A. against the Chargers? You let us know at 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550. To Harold in Rochester, we go next. What do you got for us, Harold?
5: Hey, I'd like to give props to two guys that that are part of the organization that I, I don't think enough gets said about these guys. and One is on the offensive line. Um, I, I know that we've got those two pro ballers out there with, with uh, snowman and, and Morris and the rookie saibo has been playing fantastic. And Brown just has been amazing this year, but um, I'd like to give more props to Connor McGovern. I, I think that guy's been playing fantastic. And um, I wish the bills would have given him a game ball after this last game, not only because the offensive line played so great, but because he helped the bills beat his former team in the Dallas Cowboys that he played for just last year, and um, he's always in those snow plows pushing the guys down the field. So I'd like to give some props to Connor. And the other guy, I don't even know his name, but he's part of our special teams, and um, he's the guy that runs out on the field after Bass's kickoffs and gets that team because he runs with intensity and speed out there and he must have just been exhausted after the Dallas Cowboy games with how many tees he had to go out and retrieve after those kickoffs. But yeah, you guys can just tell me a little bit about how you think Connor's playing this year and, and um, who exactly that guy is that yeah. gets those tees.
1: Yeah, no problem, Harold. Uh, the guy that runs out and gets the kicking tee is our coworker, Ryan Moore. He works in football ops, and he wears probably about 17, 18 hats uh, with all the things that he does for the operations department. Uh, that's one of the many, <laughs> and uh, he he runs out there as fast as he can and gets back off the field as fast as he can. Uh, but yeah, that's Ryan Moore. He's our coworker up in football ops, and as you see, he hustles every single week uh, and does that home and away. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Uh, you want to speak to Connor McGovern in the season
2: he's put together in his first year in a Bills yeah, uniform? Yeah, we, we thought we got you know at the end of last season we all you know, it was a big. Narrative, And we were part of it that, you know, they needed to get better, bigger up inside. They were getting a little overpowered. Uh, the pass rush was pushing the offensive line back into Josh's lap a little too easily, a little too frequently. And they weren't powerful enough or athletic enough in the run game to get to the second level on double teams. So what they do, they signed the biggest contract they gave out in free agency was to a guard. And which is not a sexy thing, right? I mean, you know, nobody's going to sit up in bed and go, oh, my gosh, we got Terrell Owens, right? I mean, no. Yeah. Connor McGovern, uh, which one? The one that plays for the Jets or the who's the other one, right? So it was kind of like that vibe, like who is this guy? Yeah. And then they draft Osiris Torrance. So they doubled down on their desire to beef up their offensive line. Now, the, and you're right. Connor McGovern has earned every cent of that contract. Um he has been awesome. Also, one of the things that is a characteristic of this offensive line is that all five of those guys have lined up for every snap until the game was over and then they started letting, you know, David Edwards come in and all you know and Bates came Ryan in Vandermark. and Ryan, and Vandermark came in. They they re, they replaced guys. They sat them down cuz they were so good. Those guys have taken every single snap that was meaningful to this team this season. And that is as big a deal as anything they, they got they, they got together, they gelled, and then they didn't move. Those five guys have been constants up front, and that really helps. Um, so, yeah, all of that is in there. I think the Bills' offensive line, you'd be hard-pressed to go back even through the long history of the club and find a better – you go know, back to the, the, the guys that Thurman and I were talking about in the 90s. You go back to the electric company. Um, this offensive line was has been outstanding this year. We talked about it for the last couple of weeks because we, we've been noticing it, but now I think after it came like Dallas, I mean, you've got to be a dope not to think that they're playing extremely well.
1: yeah. And I would say
2: this season, because
1: I hear Coach after every game, I'm sitting there in the post-game press conference, and at least three or four times every season when the Bills would have a loss, a lot of times Coach would mention the inability to reset the line of scrimmage on offense as one of the compromising factors in a loss. This year is the fewest times I have heard him use that in as a factor in why the Bills suffered a loss. I think maybe once this year, it's the fewest times I've heard him mention they've got to win up front. Why? Because they are winning up front more consistently week after week. And you heard Mitch say it when we had him in here last segment because I was curious. Like, when did you guys really kind of feel like you got all the kinks out and you're operating at your mm-hmm. most consistent fashion. And he said, it. Uh, ironically, it was the Denver game. They ran for 192 yards in that game. Right. Uh, now, that wasn't the best run front in the league by any means, but the production and the execution was such that they felt, you know what, we finally got this thing humming now. You Let's keep it, it going. And that was really the start of James mm-hmm. Cook's Hundred total yards from
2: scrimmage streak, which has now reached five games. Yeah, and you think about it too; it's ten weeks into the season, and you think, "Wow, it took a long time for him to come together." Well, you know, that's like a full season for Osiris Torrance in college. I mean, he just put in a full season in the pros. He got settled down. Spencer Brown was plugged in and stayed in for ten. You know, healthy, healthy, and all of that stuff kind of came together. Right then, plus the matchups and all of that. And you know, early in the season, <clears throat> you're playing the Bengals and the Broncos and the Bengals, the Broncos, you know, Patriots, Giants, all the you know, it's not it's not kind of the schedule that would and this wasn't the team with Josh and Diggs and all those guys that's gonna go out and hand it off thirty five times. Mm-hmm. So they got into a game and and it's unusual to have an offensive play caller with an elite quarterback run that call those plays. Period. I mean, Mitch alluded to it a little bit. <laughs> you got to you got to have a big, brassy set of courage to call run after run after run after run when you got Diggs and Allen on the field out there. I mean, how? I mean, that's hard to. It, it sounds like oh, you just got to do no. <laughs> you gotta let you gotta let Josh cook, right? I mean, it's it it takes some discipline and kudos to joe brady for just keep doing it man that was i the more i think about it the more that's maybe the most amazing part about the whole deal because you got an offensive coordinator and think about it joe brady's trying to he's trying to like you know splash a little bit right let me do this hop the back let me let me run james cook in motion let me try and get the find new and innovative ways to get dalton kincaid and steph diggs you know what i mean but then to just sit there and say, Josh, just hand it to number four, please. You know that's it's pretty significant ability.
1: Yeah, I would say the other thing that is a feather in the cap of the offensive lineman collectively. Number one, they lead the league in sack percentage allowed, fewest sacks allowed. Essentially, I realize Josh's mobility has something to do with that, but on the whole, this has been a good pass pro unit. Uh, even at times when Josh has had to hold the ball longer because a lack of separation downfield or what have you. And then the other one is, and this speaks to the guards directly, is the integrity of the pocket has been very consistent through the course of the season. And if you remember in years past, even last year, there weren't many times where Josh could just sit in there and then step up and deliver the football, like step into a throw if he hung in the pocket. And this year I can count on more than two hands how many times late in the down the pocket is the integrity of the pocket is still there. And Josh has been able to still step into a throw while staying in the pocket. And you you could not say that very often last year. You can now, and it's due in large part to McGovern, Morse, and Torrance in the center of that group. I mean, the edge guys have been great, don't get me wrong, but those three guys, that's where we've seen the biggest step up in offensive line play this season. Got to take a break. When we come back, some final thoughts on the tweet sheet here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, some final thoughts on the tweet sheet here on One Bills Live in terms of what type of offense you're expecting to see Saturday from the Bills against the Chargers in light of their gigantic ground game output last week against the Cowboys. Emily says, I think we'll see more of the run game mixed with play action, more of Josh passing, but still dominating as we've seen the past two games. Bills News Consolidated says, I see the Buffalo Bills identity being a chameleon type meaning that they will stick with what works best. Reflecting on last week, the Raiders were able to pass the ball effectively against the Chargers. Therefore, I think Buffalo will prevail by passing it. Garvey says, I envision a Josh Allen 23 of 25 passing game with 300-plus yards and three touchdowns. Keep him under center and use the play-action game on top of a mix of runs with Cook and Johnson. There will be a couple of shot plays that open up, as we told you earlier in the show. Charges have given up the third most pass plays of twenty yards or more, fifty-six on the season, eleven of which have gone for touchdowns. Edley says mix of ball control and shot plays. Brady will dial it up on a few big bombs. We haven't seen a lot of. We have not test the defense deep
2: shots we have not done that we have not seen that much at all now certainly the touchdown in Kansas City to James Cook was a shot play but it was a shorter throw it's a wheel route Yeah, it was up up the seam inside the oh, numbers the seam, yeah they also had a wheel uh, route too and then had the wheel route as well and that wheel route came open in Philly as well it was going to be a touchdown and James Cook dropped it so you know it, there have been some plays dialed up and a couple of them have hit uh, but the shot plays and the big plays the Bills have had have been short passes to James Cook and turning him into a long run, turning up the field. That's why he's so dangerous.
1: Bill's Mafia says, I think the offense will feel inevitable. Not sure what that means. Slowly chipping away, but just knowing that we're going to pull away as the game goes on. Okay, I see. I get it now. I, I bet we see Diggs come back alive as well. He tends to have a midseason lull, then refires going into the end of the season. Steve mentioned this earlier in the show when we had Thurman on. All of this
2: production from Cook
1: forces defenses to shift their focus, and that could spell opportunity for
2: Diggs. Yeah, absolutely. And One of the things about Diggs, the, the narrative coming in, and remember this, Brian, we talked about it a lot, was run after catch. We thought Kincaid was going to really help in that. Now, actually, it's James Cook who's really doing it. Uh, we've seen Steph Diggs improve his uh, abilities there. So I, I think that's as big as anything, just... Get the completion and let the guys make a play has been a big part of this offense, and we'll see if it can continue.
1: Bob says expecting pain, (laughs) full and complete domination. Will we get that? I don't know. This season's been full of surprises, disappointment, and well, quite frankly, shock. But I see Josh having a day. Steve and I will see you tomorrow at 1 p.m.